0: Now, I don't know how many of you have noticed this yet, but I can be a little stubborn, hard-headed. I don't always like to follow instructions. That's why I became a priest, so I could give them. (laughs) But, you see, I recently got a set of instructions, and some of you may have read about them in the newsletter, and for those of you who haven't you want to find out more, you can read them in the newsletter. I uh, got a set of instructions about a heart condition that I apparently have, and have had my whole life. Um, and it's simple, really. The therapy is sitting down. Sit. Apparently, when I stand up and remain standing for a long time, my blood pressure goes down, my heart rate goes up, and so the solution is to sit. You know how hard it is to do that? So, You're going to see me sit more, because what you don't know is, for many years, when I'm standing and I'm leaning like this, it's because I'm dizzy. So they don't want me to do that. They want me to sit down. But, you know, it's hard to follow instructions that single you out, that set you apart, that make you different from the people around you, especially when you're telling everybody else to stand. Hmm. You know, some of us, though, we're pretty good at following instructions, at least the simple ones. Don't steal. Don't murder. Those are pretty easy to follow. Um, But what about those other ones that don't make sense, like on a six-lane divided highway, say, going through Disney, where the speed limit's 45, and there's no traffic? It's harder to follow rules when they don't make sense to us. I live in Winter Garden, near a four-way stop. Park and story. And I've noticed something. We as a society have forgotten how to use a four-way stop. Several months ago when my dad was here visiting, he got pulled over right after this four-way stop and he was baffled. He had no clue why he was getting pulled over. The police explained he'd ignored the four-way stop. My dad was indignant. No, I didn't. I stopped. I'm sure I stopped. He didn't He'd slowed down, he'd almost stopped, and it was obviously clear he was safe to go because he didn't hit anybody, but he didn't stop. As the police will tell you, almost stopping does not count. Now, he was lucky, he got a warning, and you know why? Because he's from Minnesota and they have registrations that are a barcode on their license plate, and our police can't process those. (laughs) So he got a warning. Don't do that again. And that got me paying attention. And I began looking at my speedometer as I approached this four-way stop. My old approach was to look at the cars who were coming up to make sure I knew exactly which ones were there before me and which ones were there after me. So I knew exactly the moment that I was allowed to go. I was overly focused on going. Now that I've begun checking my speedometer after I stop, I've realized something. Often it says seven, or six, or four. I have failed to stop for so long that I've forgotten what truly stopping feels like. We need to see that number zero on our speedometer in life. When was that last time you took a day off? What was it like? Did you cram it full of errands? Did you spend it being a weekend warrior? Or did you actually stop? Sadly, many of us can't even remember a time that we stopped. Now, some of you are like, I stop all the time, I'm retired. But do you really? I mean, you've found hobbies. I know my mother-in-law says that she is busier now that she is retired than she ever was when she was working. So many of us have forgotten how to stop. We've forgotten why it's a good and holy thing to do. In Deuteronomy, Moses is teaching the Israelites the Ten Commandments from God. Commandments. These are rules, laws. These are not the pirate code of guidelines. These are rules, instructions given to be careful, to do what the Lord God has commanded you to do. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you to do so you may live and prosper all the days in the land. If we want to live into God's promises, if we want to be healthy, if we want to prosper and enjoy our life, we have to stop. We have to step out of the lie that the devil has told us, that we will miss out, we will disappoint people, we'll fall behind, we won't get ahead. We won't live life to the fullest if we stop. The ultimate lie we are told is if that we don't do it, no one will. And you see, we serve a God in Christ that has already set all things right at the cross. And yet we have the audacity or maybe it's the idiocy to think that we are so important that we confuse what we want to do with what we need to do. We need to stop the hectic, frantic pace that has us confusing resting with escapism. Escapism is coming home from your day so burnt out that we order in or order out, tune out, TV on until it's time to go to bed so that we can get up and do it all again. We're a people on a starvation diet of rest. We push through the week to get to the weekend and then overstuff our weekend with errands, home improvement projects, sports, church, friends, berry picking, and basket weaving. And then Monday comes and we're off again, never noticing that just like at a four-way stop, our speedometer never hit zero. What does zero look like? Zero looks like Sabbath and Sabbath is rest. Sabbath is stopping. It's a mandate from God practiced and modeled since creation. Rest shows us who God is. He has restraint. Restraint is refraining from everything one has the power to do. We must never mistake God's restraint for weakness because the opposite is true. God's restraint shows us that stopping is holy, even when we have the strength to carry on. God doesn't need to rest after creating the universe because he's just tired. He rests because rest is holy. Everything God does is holy. God rests, God is holy. Therefore, rest is holy. It's a simple equation. You need to stop one day out of every seven. Choosing to live into the God command of a 24-6 life in a 24-7 world is hard, but it's holy. God tells us in Deuteronomy, remember, you were a slave in Egypt. But God brought you out of slavery and into a relationship with the God of abundance and into a land of abundance. Resting is not just a choice. It's a holy privilege afforded to God's people because for the first time they are free. When we fail to stop, when we fail to Sabbath, we voluntarily leave behind the freedom we have in God and willingly re-enslave ourselves. What have you enslaved yourself to? Many of us have become slaves to work, or that little device in our pockets. We answer work email on our time off. We think about new projects and ideas. We return phone calls. Others of us have enslaved ourselves to our children. We have booked their lives so full of activities and events that we are glorified chauffeurs, and we have the nerve to think we are doing them a favor. We're affording them opportunities to dance, act, play, (coughs) sing, learn sports. But what we're really teaching them is to be stimulated, to be hectic, to be busy. We're teaching them not to stop, and we are enslaving them to the same pace that has us worn out. The command to the Israelites for rest was for everyone. The intent of the commandment is what's important, rest. It's not meant to be a prison a day when you can't do things. It's a refuge to protect the needy, the displaced, and the powerless. People don't save the Sabbath. It saves us. Now, some of us want to rest. We want to take that day, but we just can't. There's too much to do. We don't stop because we don't adequately prepare. The Israelites had to collect double manna on the sixth day so that they would have food on the seventh. Moving to a 24-6 mindset requires a change that resting is holier than errands. Resting is holier than hobbies. Resting is holier than activity. But we've lost track of the holiness of rest because the natures of our labors have changed. If you move enough refrigerators, your body is going to tell you to rest. You will be tired. What many of us do is carrying refrigerators in our mind we are carrying the burdens of our life and our world and it is just as wearying but our body doesn't tell us set that down you need to rest when jesus beckons to us come to me all who all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest he calls us not just from the physical burdens of life, but from all of life's trials and difficulties. Friends, I think you can agree with me that we live in a weary, tired, careworn world. Even many Christians are losing their hope that the world is actually intended for good and can be good again. And I think it's because we're just so tired and we need to rest. We need a true Sabbath and we've always needed it. One day in seven, can you turn off the news? One day in seven, can you stop doing things? Can you turn off your social media and your email? One day in seven, can you stop producing things long enough to be? Remember who you are and who you are made. You are a human being. Made in the image of God and made to be in his presence. At the center of our constant shift and moving is an ache to be in God's presence. The Sabbath commandment tells us to remember. Remember that you are made in the image of God. And don't you dare forget it. Tie a string around your finger. Write God on your forehead. Do whatever you need to do to remember to stop and be with God. Meet God in time and space. And remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In our gospel today, Jesus reminds us the Sabbath isn't about saying what we can or can't do. It's not rules and regulations that are meant to imprison us into how far we can walk from our home or which lights we can turn off or not. The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath and shows us what is holy to do on the Sabbath. Jesus shows us the Sabbath is for feeding the hungry. The Sabbath is for spending time with friends, maybe on a hike through a field or around a dinner table. The Sabbath is for restoration and healing. The Sabbath is meant to be life-changing in the ways that it heals us. Sabbath is a time to enter into peace with God and peace with ourselves and peace with our neighbors. Life is unpredictable. Now, we should always try and be at peace with God, but when we observe a Sabbath, we know that at the very worst, we are never more than six days away from regaining a holy perspective. I offer you this radical perspective that you have voluntarily enslaved yourselves to the idol of work, busyness, and stress. But the good news is that you can be set free. All you have to do is stop. Stopping before you fall on your face is a good and holy thing that even I need a reminder of sometimes. Don't wait until you are broken and tired and crippled to come to Jesus. Don't wait until your life, your marriage, and your family is shriveled up and dry, parched from the lack of water of life. Come back into relationship with the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, the irony here is that to rest, we must work. Six days of the week, we're going to have to prepare. Prepare to stop. Stopping never happens by accident. Otherwise, you will find yourself on your intended stop day with no food in the house, the house of pigsty, and a deadline staring you down in the face of something that you should have done three days ago, and if you don't do it right now, you're going to be in big trouble. You can't rest like that. Firstly, you will starve, and secondly, you will go crazy. This world will do its best to drive you crazy, to keep you enslaved to the pace that keeps you away from God. In this life, we're going to be afflicted. The strain and the stress will try and crush us. If we want to escape despair, if we want to let this world not destroy the hope that we have in Jesus, We have to stop and be with God. Let the light of God shine in our darkness. Trust in the power of our creator God enough to say, God has got this. Let's live like the Lord of the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath as a day of freedom, a day of healing, and a day of restoration. Now, obviously, Sunday is not going to be my Sabbath day because I'm a little busy. But all of us can find one day in seven that we can stop. When we come on Sunday, we have the opportunity to take communion. And in so doing, we become like Paul urges the Corinthians, always carrying in our body the death of Jesus so that the resurrection of Jesus will be made visible in our bodies. Come all you that are weary and heavy laden and let the Lord of the Sabbath give you rest. Six days you have to do labor and do all your work so that on the seventh you are free free from slavery. Do not willingly enter back into the bondage that Jesus died to set us free from. Rest. Stop. Be. Let's start a revolution of rest. Because if we again become a people of the Sabbath, I have every faith we can change the world with Jesus.